Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man Dean Edwards. You in tune to another episode of the Father Bucket Protocol, son. Post-birthday edition. Feel me? Come with me. Got another. I got a, what did he say? Got a little older, tidbit wiser, gained 10 pounds, no inches higher. Ha! <laughs> That's Q tip on the Adidas uh, Applebaum remix. Remix, remix, classic, classic, classic material. Yo, what's good, man? What's going on, y'all? Y'all good? Y'all good? Everybody good? I want you to answer me, man. Thank you. I'm sorry if you're not feeling good, you know? What was that? What? Didn't realize. I don't know what that was. That's funny. Yo, it's been a, been a cool, cool day. It's been a cool summer. It's been hot. It's been blazing hot, son. But uh, but it's been a good, good summer. I I I was I was going off the radar of uh most things social last week, for the last week or so. I um yeah, brother celebrated another born day. Another born day, another 365 around the sun. Are, are people that believe the earth is flat, uh, flattest? Is there a term for them? I'm sure there is. I just, I don't know what it is. I, I, I've been seeing more and more uh, people saying the earth is flat. I'm like, well, if the earth is flat and you can fly, if you can leave, right? So here's the thing. If the, if the earth is flat and you can leave New York and fly west and go to LA and then fly west some more and go to Hawaii and then fly west again uh, and wind up, say, uh, in in Russia and then fly west again and wind up in in England and then fly west again and wind up back in New York. How is the world flat? I'm <laughs> someone elaborate if you two are flattest. Now, I'm saying it for humorous, uh, humoristic uh, uh, responses, but at the same time, it befuddles me. But if you if you have a good uh, defense of the flattest uh, belief system, let me know. Maybe maybe I'm missing something. But until then, I'm I'm gonna go with the the round globe theory. I'm going to go with that uh, just a wee bit. Um, yeah, summer's been hot, man. Summer's been cool, though, in that, you know, I'm grinding and um, the sets the sets come along. You know what happens, though? Here's what happens. I think I told y'all I'm working on a, a late night submission. And I think I had, uh, I, I took a break with, with me for me uh, for about a week, about seven days, and got back on the grid Last Monday, 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 no, last Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. So, so it was from Wednesday to Wednesday was was just uh, laying low. I think the only thing, only thing I really posted was uh, another Dean's L on. Um, but aside from that, no, I just, I just been, I've been, I've been chilling, man. I've been chilling, and uh, got back on stage this weekend. Where was I? I was at Stand Up New York in the Comedy Cellar. And uh, shout out to my boy uh, Andre Kim doing his thing, supporting. I know he listens to the Father Muck Protocol. Appreciate the 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 love, fam, and uh, keep grinding and living out your dreams and making it happen. I know he just said he was in uh, D.C., so keep keep doing it. You bounced before I got a chance to say peace, son. I was talking to <laughs> you. Ever do that? You ever talking to somebody? I was talking to a man. And then people from the show came outside and started yapping. And there's sort of an unwritten rule. Now, normally, 
if I'm in a conversation with somebody and somebody else comes and interrupts, I'm going to let them know, ew, uh, let me just finish talking to my people. But because there's there's sort of an unwritten uh, rule that after the shows, you know, people want a piece of you. People want to, uh, you know, give you give you their dap and just feel your energy. And so it's understood that if if somebody is, is getting their dap, I fall back and vice versa. So I appreciate him uh, understanding that because people um, people sort of mob me after the show and just wanted to kick it and, and uh, spoke to. Spoke to some people that one, I think one of her friends used to work at uh, SNL and College Humor and now is gone to do some big teens. So we wound up yapping for a good 15, 20 minutes. But maybe 12 minutes in, I saw a man, Andre, I saw him walking down the block. Not in a Bruce Banner old Incredible Hope. Bling, 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 bling. He wasn't walking away, sadly. I think he just probably had to go. Do another, uh, do another show. Get on another stage and another mic. So, um, I am apologizing uh, for not getting back to you before you got a chance to bounce. And I ain't want to yell your name out afterwards. Uh, and some people probably listen like, "Yo, why are you not yelling his name out now?" Because I'm not, I'm not putting him on blast. I'm not saying anything negative or bad about him. Just unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye, goodbye. So I'm singing it because that's what I do. Cause that's what I do. But I was saying, as far as the um, the material goes, man, I I find something interesting that that winds up occurring <clears throat> when it comes to working new joints, new material, new ideas. Is that as you work new ideas and you really start to master and, and uh, figure out what parts of a joke make a joke work. And what parts of a joke really click with an audience and how to milk the most out of a punchline, you 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 also begin to get sick of the material. Well, that sounds like some <laughs> some wise old sage with regards to your material. You can't get complacent in the joke, you must lean further into it. And then take a step back and see it from another perspective. So that's what I'm doing. With regards to the material that I'm uh, working, this new material I'm working and tightening for this late night submission. Some people might say, yo, why are you working a late night submission? My, my manager, actually, he, he's, he doesn't really see a big benefit to it. Um, one of the reasons I want to do it is just because it's something I want to do. Um, I haven't done, I don't think I've done, I think the last recorded stand-up that I did for television was um, the Arsenio Hall show, actually on Valentine's Day four years ago. And so for myself and also for my IMDb, uh, I want to do another late night or two. I'm, 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 I'm looking at like two. Actually, I have four on the list. The submission I'm working on right now is specifically... Um, aiming at the Tonight Show. I'll say it. Okay. Say it, put it into existence, man. I'm willing myself onto the Tonight Show. Um, and so the set that I'm uh, ironing out is is Tonight Show specific. Um, but I also am preparing a set for Colbert. And I also have a set that I haven't begun to work for uh, Conan, but I also want to do Conan. So I'm looking at 
doing Jimmy's show, um, Colbert's show, and Conan's show. And maybe Seth. I figure Seth and I used to be uh, office and dressing room mates, so maybe maybe I should pursue that as well. Just just want to you know get my stand up uh, you know out there and, and get multiple uh, multiple avenues um, to to showcase what a brother can do. Um, you know, as far as late night, cause I see a lot of cats that are doing late night. I ain't gonna front big up to all of them. Uh, do I think I'm as funny as the majority of people I see on late night? Y'all do I think I'm as funny as most of the cats I see in most clubs that, that, um, I do or don't work. I pretty much work most of the clubs and, and can't work most of the clubs that I want to work, but still I, I, you always want to you know, uh, gauge where you stand as a stand-up, as a performer, uh, re- with regards to your contemporaries. And, and I, I, I think I have pretty good, uh, pretty good track record, you know, and you should too. You should have some self-assessment, man. We should all have some self-assessment. Why, why, why do people not want to just do the work? I just read, it was funny. I just read, uh, on Michael Che, uh, I, I actually enjoy following Michael Che, on Instagram because he has zero posts and and, uh, <laughs> and follows zero people, but he does these Instagram these IG stories where he does like sort of a Q and A, and somebody asked him uh someone asked brother advice uh, with regards to stand up. That's that's what that was actually right. That's exactly what that that noise was. It was somebody's uh Instagram was loud. And then it was so loud that uh, they had this music playing that was equally loud and therefore had to uh, had to shut them down. So, right. So, Shay. <laughs> so, Shay, I'm not even going through. He to me, he's fun to follow because he's sort of random thoughts and then people offer their two cents and he doesn't shut them down. But uh, somebody asked him. Uh, something about uh, advice. Um, hey, Shay, I'm thinking of going to open mic soon and giving some stand-up a try. Would you have any advice uh, for someone starting out? And he said, no. And that was it. Two letters, one period, a simple statement, simple sentence, no. And then he elaborates saying, giving advice implies I can tell you something you don't already know that's going to make you or your experience easier or more productive. I honestly can't stand up. Stand up is terrible. Lonely, difficult, soul sucking. It takes a decade to be good, two decades to be great. Words, so I'm on the, I'm I'm great. Thank you, Michael Che. And and, and uh, you're lucky to make a living doing it, and no one will respect your career until you do. Have fun. And then people proceed to to tell him why, uh, you know, uh, why that technically was advice. No, nah, it wasn't advice. It wasn't advice. That's why I tell people to this day, y'all know, if you listen to me, you know, I don't give advice. I don't believe in advice um, because what works for me might not work for you or work for you might not work for the next person and so forth. It's just uh, you, you can't give can't give people advice. You can just tell them what to expect. And he did. He did tell them what to expect. It's it's it's. Uh, is lonely, you know. Stand up is lonely. It's, it's we're we're all we're all mad scientists in the kitchen with with a cauldron and a big wooden spoon. You might have goggles on 
It's hot in the kitchen. You stirring up the pot. Mm, needs more wolfsbane, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Witch hazel. Why do I sound like this as a comedian slash scientist slash warlock? Because you're constantly creating, man. We are constantly creating. Since we're constantly creating, um, it's you're constantly a work in progress, and there's no easy approach to it. I, I guess. He mirrored my sentiments and and countless other sentiments, saying there's no there is no advice there's no advice to be had. The only advice is to get on stage and and do it. Just just do it. And when you suck, which you will, and maybe you won't. I ain't suck my first. I ain't first my first month or two. It was uh that third month. Woo, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. I hit a wall. <laughs> But it can be rough, man. But yo, if if you built for this, if you meant to do this, you gonna you gonna find you gonna find your way. I was hoping we can find a way, no baby. So you know, with regards to advice, don't seek it and don't give it. Just make it happen, man. That's all you can do is make it happen and and and, and do what you got to do. What you have to do to not only pursue whatever you're going towards but put forth all the effort to get better at it. That's, that's, you know, when people, cause somebody might say, well, you know, in the further market protocol, every week you drop in advice. I'm not dropping advice. I'm, um, I'm offering suggestions. I'm, I'm giving you some, some information, um, whether it's having a guest on here who's, who's mentioning something or me just spouting out my two cents. I can give you my two cents, but I am not. I refuse to wrap it around the the gift of advice because advice is fake to me, and that's and that's 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 my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. So back to the material, man. I'm 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 working at new material, um, and I'm working at new material because I have 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 mastered set of material. You know, when I say mastered, I could go out on stage and and headline. And know from start to finish that I can destroy pretty much any crowd you put me in front of. Um, that might even sound arrogant, but I'm, I don't mean it to sound arrogant. I'm just saying I am aware of my comedy prowess and my skill set. The same way when when Superman, uh, if Superman jumps off a building, he knows that A, he can either fly or B, when he lands on the ground, he won't get hurt. That's that's how I feel. That's how I feel about my set. So I feel confident enough that every time I jump off that that ledge of a building, I know I can land on my feet or I can fly. And that's 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 what you should do when it comes to whatever your chosen field or vocation is. You should be so confident in what you do that, you know, I, I can always win. Yeah, anytime I do a new joke, I I know I have a loaded clip of old material that can win too. That's the beauty of what we do is if you constantly um building, if you constantly growing, not building your your set adding new jokes, but if you're constantly building your material to a point where what you do is is so undeniably uh proficient, then that's how you grow because as you get stronger with what you're working, then you can take chances and grow as a uh, grow as an artist. Grow as an artist. So I was talking to my man Hugh Mizzle, aka the incredible Hugh Moore. 
Hugh actually had been off of uh, Hugh's in town. He flew into, so he flew into New York from L.A. He's writing on Rail's new uh, show on Fox. Shout out to them. I think they premiere next month. So blessings uh, that the show wins and succeeds. Um, and Hugh got here Saturday morning, 11 a.m. And I, I think he's back in L.A. already on Monday. He, he flew out because his family flew out here and he was going to surprise him on, on, on Sunday. Now, here, here my dumb self, I... T- <laughs> I took a picture at the Comedy Cellar with myself and Will Sylvance and Hugh Moore and Brad Lowry and posted it. We were having a discussion of uh, of Spike Lee's um, movie catalog. Yo, I didn't realize how many movies Spike had done. Spike Lee, you know, we need to respect Spike's gangster. That dude has made many, many movies. Not a fan of them all. Or let me let me say. I didn't love him all, but he he has more winners than losers in in my opine. So I put this picture up. I'll get back to Spike in a second. I put this picture up, and yesterday Hugh hit me. He was like, yo, I'm going to surprise my family. I said, oh, man, just, you know, just roll up on him, tell him you flew out for the day. He was like, yeah, but you put that picture on Instagram. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot. <laughs> Cause his wife follows me on uh Instagram. So my bad, Hugh. I didn't mean that. I uh I reached out to him today asking whether or not uh the surprise worked or not. I hope I hope it did. I hope I didn't ruin his surprise. I felt like an idiot after after doing that. Uh, but bigger than all that, he hadn't been on Instagram since May or or Facebook or um or Twitter. And when he told me that, I was like, yo, you know what you're right? I haven't I haven't seen you on there. And I said, why? He was like, nah, I just I just decided I just wanted to take some time. He said he actually felt better. I said, uh, say more. He was like, nah, I just feel, you know, I got I've been getting more accomplished. You know, Hugh just went from uh writing on Superior Donuts to Rail Show. Um, I think he even had a role in the pilot on Rail Show. And Talking to him and hearing that made me say, you know, there might be something to that. I actually already had been thinking about just taking a, not taking a social media break where I'm totally off because I, you know, I use social media to promote this podcast that you're listening to as well as shows that I have coming up. Um, But I think there's something to be said about disconnecting from the matrix you know, and maybe just using it, posting, you know, whether it's posting the Fuddermugger Protocol podcast uh, promotionals, you know, every week or posting, you know, these funny clips of me doing Denzel or Tracy Moore, whomever, you know, I have some more coming in, in down the pipeline. Um, but, yeah, I just I, I think we all should disconnect every so often, man. I think you have to. And remember what's important, actual interaction. Somebody texted me. We were texting back and forth, and then I just called them. They were like, yo, what's up? And they were caught off guard. They were like, what, what made you call? I said, you know, because we sitting there having this conversation of thumbs. Let's just have a conversation, period, and, and really feel actual energy versus versus artificial energy, you know? Um, 
I think we could all do that a, a wee bit more, but we don't, and we should. What, do, do y'all agree? What do y'all think about just disconnecting? Because when you really think about social media, my chosen one, I guess, would be Instagram. When you think about Instagram, how many times have you been online and you've seen someone post the same exact picture that you've seen 10 times prior, right? Like last week or the week before, last week or the week before, I know uh, LeBron James uh, had opened his promise school. And so 20 people I followed posted the same picture of uh, LeBron's head, sort of like a bust. It was like his head and shoulders and then uh, some quotes explaining the tenets of, uh, of his promise school, which was wonderful. But do I got to like all 20? Do I got to like everybody's posts? Can't I just like the first person who ever uh, posted it? You ever do that? You ever see people um, post but not give credit? That actually bugs me. Where, where, where you're like, wait, but I can see that you reposted from such and such. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna say, oh, by the way, I got this for them, which you can clearly see. You ain't gonna say none of that. You just gonna, it's gonna act like these are your thoughts, huh? What is that? Or is that the contract? Is that the contract of social media that when when you uh, repost someone's, if their name is is in the picture, that's enough, as opposed to you actually taking the time to write their name so that maybe someone can go follow them, because people get lazy. On social media, I know I get lazy. I ain't really done too much today. I said, "Let me record this dog on podcast." Dean, what you doing? Where you tripping, man? You ain't doing nothing else. Just, uh, just the thought. These, these are the musings and ramblings of 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 a uh, of a funny six foot four gentleman. That's all I. There, I don't swear by them. You shouldn't swear by them, but you should hear me if you're listening. Make sure you hear me. Holler if you hear me. All these Tupac references, that's two. That's two in one day. You got to keep your head up, Dean. Keep your head. What? What? Is that a third one? Come on, man. You circulate this podcast that gets around. Wait, I get around. Wait, round and round. You see what I did there? Oh, he got to stop now. Now you just, now you just being silly. Why you, why, why you doing that? Why you, why you, why you doing that, man? Why you doing that? Anyway. That was a uh, a suggestion to Hugh. So we were going over Spike Lee's joints, right? Spike Lee's movies. Um, one comic, uh, the conversation came up because my man Will Vince was talking about Spike. Uh, he saw something saying that Will Smith um, denied Spike Lee the opportunity to direct Ali, which came out in 2001. And the reason being is because Yo, man, you know, Spike, you're going to make it too black. <laughs> you think that's true? And if so, is he wrong or is he right? Because Muhammad Ali was black. I, yeah, he was, I don't know if you know that, but yeah, he, he was black. Um, but since he's black and since Spike, some might say Spike Lee is heavy-handed. Um, and since Spike Lee is heavy-handed... Um, as far as direct, as far as putting his imprint, you know, which many directors are. I mean, Martin Scorsese, the same way Spike uses uh, the dual dolly shot, where where characters seem to glide through space and time, or the uh, the the screen through a scene in his programs. 
uh, whether it's films or she got to have it on Netflix season. Season two is shooting currently. They just left Martha's Vineyard, I heard, and Puerto Rico. Being that Spike does that, Martin Scorsese does a tracking shot in all of his movies, right? When you think when you when I think Goodfellas, I think that tracking shot that shows Henry Hill or played by Ray uh, Ray Liana. When 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 you gonna do when when you when you affix the camera, you gotta follow him. You gotta follow the characters. It's what they do. Why am I speaking in Ray Liotta's voice? I don't know. Actually, it's Ray Liotta as Henry Hill. Get it right. They were good guys, you know, they're good fellas. So there's a tracking shot when they open, go into the Copacabana, I believe. And, and you know, Henry Hill is, you too, always you too, always, because he sees a couple. And there's a guy named uh, uh, Tommy Two Times, because he say things, yeah, I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. Remember that scene? Like, this, but that's, that's Scorsese's thing. He does the trackage. So everyone's heavy-handed when you when you're an auteur, when you are a, uh, a director that's been doing it long enough, you know, a long time. And so, does that mean that Spike couldn't have, you know, done a great job with Ali? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think my mo- my mother, my wife, made a good point. She said that uh, she thinks people, specifically black people, take it take advantage or take take Spike Lee for granted because you always know he's there. You know he's going to be there. You know Spike is going to say something with his art whereas um you know most many film filmmakers don't, you know, or they're very uh evergreen, very apolitical. But Spike Lee, you know when you go to see a Spike Lee movie, you know exactly where Spike stands, right? <laughs> And so let, let's just go through a history of some of his uh, some of his movies, right? We started. We didn't include his student movies, Joe's Bedside Barbershop. We cut heads, you know, and uh, music videos he did, or the wonderful work he did with uh, um, those early uh, Michael Jordan Air Jordan commercials. But let's see. So we got. She got to have it. She's got to have it. I enjoyed. I'm gonna let's let's see the movies that I think were great movies. She's got to have it. School Days. Now people forget School Days, yo. That's a musical. That's not just a, a movie giving giving uh giving a spotlight and setting light on HBCUs historically black uh, colleges and universities, but it's also a musical. Um, and it, and it was his his second second film. That's pretty impressive, right? Uh. Do the Right Thing, which some will still say is his opus. Um, Mo Better Blues, Jungle Fever. When we were talking about these, I couldn't remember which was first, Mo Better Blues or Jungle Fever. So um, Mo Better Blues was first, and then Jungle Fever. Both dope movies. Now, I remember I remember seeing Mo Better Blues in the movie theater, and I think I might have gotten a little sleepy. Mo Better Blues was a little long. And and uh, when they showed his his sister, I forgot her character's name, um, when they showed her having the baby, that 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 turned me off of uh, of sex for a while. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't need to know this. This came out of there. Um, Malcolm X. Now we're hold up. We're like one, two, three, four, five, six movies in. Malcolm X, ninety two, still still is holding dope. 
Crooklyn. That's seven. Crooklyn still holds up. We watch that every every summer. I really uh really dig Crooklyn. Clockers, hmm. Clockers gave us Mackay Pfeiffer. Wasn't a big fan of Clockers. I'll be honest. Clockers I'm not a big fan of Girl Six. Not a big fan. A lot of people, uh, well, a lot of people. The comics we were talking to said mid '90s is where people started uh, saying, "Eh." Now here's one. Now get on the bus. I was the only one at the table that liked Get on the Bus, or said it was a good movie. Those guys were like, "Eh, it was. It was. It. It. It was what it stood for. What it represented was nice, but it wasn't a good movie." I thought Get on the Bus was a good movie, man. My boy uh, Gabriel Cassius, Franz Cassius' brother, was was in it. I I thought had a great cast. The Bernie Mac man was in it. Bernie Mac was in it. Telling it like a T.I. is. You know. Um, then he did the documentary for Little Girls. We didn't even, we weren't even counting docs. Uh, he got game with Denzel. Jesus Shuttleworth. Fun movie. We got Rosario Dawson. I ain't mad at that. Summer of Sam... I don't remember not liking Summer of Sam. Remember there was a scene, John Leguizamo, whose character uh, cheated and I think had anal sex, but he didn't wash, wash himself. And then Mira Sorvino's character, um, <laughs> who, who was married to uh, uh, Leguizamo's character, uh, she smelled the rectal cavity on him. That was disgusted. <laughs> and pretty much like that... that uh, Seen in Jungle Fever, I was like, oh, I don't ever want to be in a booty hole. <laughs> I'm good. No, thank you. Um, uh, the Kings of Comedy, same thing. Documentary, along with Four Little Girls. Great great film, um, but it wasn't scripted. Bamboozled. Uh, that's, that's, Bamboozled wasn't for me. I, I actually liked the, uh, what they wanted to say with it, uh, I want to do it in uh, the social commentary behind it, but I'm not. I'm not really a fan of bamboozled. You know. Um, I, I hope. I hope y'all don't hate me. Twenty fifth hour, like that movie. And shout out to Patrice. Uh, rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill. Patrice had a nice uh, scene, nice look in that. Um, she hate me. Nah, not for me. Not not for I. Uh, Sucker Free City, never seen it. Inside Man, huh? Spike took a couple years off. Inside Man, he didn't write the script, but he directed the hell out of that movie. I bet he catch a cab, though. <laughs> Inside Man, I enjoyed that movie. That was a real good movie. And then he did the When the Levees Broke uh, documentary and that TV show, Shark. Uh, Miracle at St. Anna. Sorry, Spike. No, not for me. Not for me. Uh, Michael Jackson, this is it. That's a. That's, uh, that's, I didn't know Spike did that. I did not know he did this is it. I thought that was a, uh, Kenny. What's his name? Ortega, or the, the musical director. Um, not sure, but didn't know. Um, let's see. Red Hook Summer. Yeah, we're just gonna go to the next movie. Old Boy. Old Boy wasn't a bad movie, man. I remember watching Old Boy. I saw the original, and then I just found it strange that they were redoing it right after uh, the the original one came out. Uh, pretty much, so that was uh, 
that just struck me as odd. Uh, but but I didn't. I thought it was okay. I thought that was okay. Uh, Chirac, you know, Chirac was um, because they were sort of repurposing a uh, Greek mythology. I think it missed. Once again, not for me. I don't remember this uh, Rodney King movie, and now we have Black Klansman uh, coming out this this uh, this week, which I'm looking forward to. She's got to have it as a TV show. So, in all, Spike's done a lot of joints, man. A lot of movies. Um, I think his his good movies outweigh his bad movies. Um, I won't even say bad, but the movies that I enjoyed by Spike Lee far outweigh the movies that I wasn't a giant fan of. Does that mean I don't want to work with the brother? Of course not. I worked with him. We shot a we we did a McDonald's industrial years ago, and I did some VO ADR work on uh, the Kings of Comedy. You know, so um, yo, and I I even played him on uh, what was that show on MTV? A celebrity Death Match. <laughs> I played Spike on Celebrity Death Match. Go figure. Go figure. So um, so yeah, go 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 check out. Black Klansman this week when it comes out or whenever you hear this, go check out Black Klansman and um, and go check out a movie and, and let me know in the uh, comment section what what your favorite uh, Spike Lee joint was. Hmm. Uh, what was mine? My favorite, the most quoted Spike Lee movie for me. Hmm. I quote I quote Inside Man a lot because because you know because Dave was in there. Um, Really like school days, man. I liked school days because you know I was I was I was in college when that came out. I remember seeing it and asking um, uh, Black Greek about it um, when it came out. So that has a special place for me. Uh, Malcolm X, Malcolm X was, was a favorite. I mean, geez, uh, do the right thing. <laughs> you know that was that was my favorite group, Public Enemy. So. He has he has too many yo, too many to really say choose one favorite. Can I give? Can I do like my top five? My top five. I'll go with let's say, let's see. I'll say, I'll say no particular order, but just five that I that I know, I love watching. Crooklyn, that's that's a family favorite. That's uh, I really enjoy Crooklyn. Um. Fight the power, not fight the power, <laughs> do the right thing. Crooklyn, do the right thing. School days, damn. Uh, Malcolm X and Inside Man. Those those are my five. Those are my five uh, favorite Spike Lee Jones. In no, no particular order, but all great movies. Look, and I told you, I'll... I, I was part of uh, King Comedy, but that wasn't one of my favorites. You know, my favorite joint, like I said, would have to be um, the, these five in no particular order. Crooklyn, School Days, Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, Inside Man. And hopefully, maybe uh, maybe Black Klansman will, will, will knock one of those out of the top five. You know, And you know I'm not big in, into... Uh, I'm not big into lists. I don't like top five. You know, I think it, it it's restrictive and, and it forces you to make make a decision that you don't want to. Because I don't think one cancels out the other. You know, I, I enjoy Jungle Fever 
And, and I really enjoyed, I'm going to tell y'all something, Halle Berry, the Oscar that she won for Monsters Ball, she should have won for for uh, playing a, uh, an addicted uh, uh, crack fiend or crackhead in Jungle Fever. Her and Sam Jackson, they, wow, they, that was, I, wow, just almost got goosebumps off of, uh, off of uh, their work, the the when when uh, Stevie Wonder's living, living for the city was playing. Da 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 and that's pretty much it, man, for this this episode. Y'all can catch me. Um, if you're in China, you can catch me in China next month. Or you can catch me at the uh, Comedy Cellar at the Rio in Las Vegas next month. What uh, what are the dates, Steve? Do you have uh, do you uh, uh, do you have any dates for us that maybe if we're in Las Vegas that we could uh, uh we come check you out, baby? Is that is that a possibility? Perhaps, maybe. All right, well, I'll be out there the 19th through the 23rd, September 19th through September 23rd. Come get at me. Um, see me, Lynn Coplitz, and I'm sure somebody else. All right? Yo, all love. If, if you dug the episode, get at me and let me know on, on SoundCloud, iTunes. Comment, like, subscribe. Tell a friend about the Father Mother Protocol. If, if you dug... Doug, um, let well interact. Let me know. I'm curious what movies. <clears throat> I'm curious what movies, um, you enjoyed, um, of of Spike Lee's canon. And more than that, do you think? What do you think? You think he could have, um, he could have done a, a a a great job with um, with Ali, um. As as good as my, I think Michael Mann directed it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Michael Mann directed it. So, um, how how do you think Spike would have done on uh on on that film? Uh, what do you think he would have done differently? Well, maybe maybe that. Yeah, what do you think Spike Lee would have done differently on Will Smith's uh, Oscar nominated turn in Ali, which he obviously wound up losing. To uh to Denzel Washington who was uh nominated and won for Training Day, hmm? What do you think? I am curious to see and hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, lastly, like I said, next month you can also catch Lynn Coppers Part Two. We will have uh have her on, um, to to get her her full bio <laughs> and origin story once again apologies for for not uh getting to cover more of that with her last month y'all that was my bad we just we were having we're having far too much fun and sometimes that happens here's your man dean edwards it's been wonderful if if, if you're uh, out in, in the sun and you're listening to this on your, your headphones or whatever you got your beats or your bose or, or maybe some cheap uh, headphones from uh, from the electronic store in Times Square that, that also has $5, uh, <laughs> $5 Statue of Liberty snow, snow globes. Hey, make sure you take a moment, drink some water, man. Hydrate. Stay hydrated. I don't want anybody out there 
to become a heat casualty. And I will keep y'all posted next week. Uh, I believe I'm recording. I said I'm recording this week. You can catch me actually this week. Catch me at the Village Underground on uh, on Thursday. I'm uh that's I'm recording recording uh the set I'm submitting for um for the tonight show. So yeah, come check me out. I'll let your boy. And uh, look, I was looking to see if anybody left any comments. Uh, KW86, what up? LOL, I disagree with you about not using that economics degree because you talk about matching inflation to income growth. That is some straight economy, (laughs) economist language. Um, You know what? I can't be mad at that. Uh, Look, I I might have to have to concur. Concur with that, but that was also that was John's. He was referring to John um, and not me. So I don't want no, I don't want no problem with nobody. Feel me? <laughs> Why you just yell out she, she? <laughs> All right, Joe. Your man Dean Edwards. I am Dean Edwards. Following uh, like comment, and you might not see me as much on social media. I haven't been on that much this this last week or so, and maybe maybe. That'll be an ongoing trend, but I will, will you'll see, see this uh, post up for, for the Fun Mother Protocol, and you probably see a new Denzel, a Denzel, think about doing the, um, doing this thing on, on outtakes, <laughs> Denzel outtakes, we'll stay tuned, alright, two fingers, peasy, Dean Edwards, Fun Mother Protocol, peace.